Hello and welcome to The O Word. This series, you've been joining me, Lorna Pritchard, on tour with Welsh National Opera, getting the inside scoop on life on the road. And this week's special guest is an expert on touring. Ian Douglas has been doing it for 45 years. I caught him for a coffee at Venue Cymru in Llandidno to find out more about his extraordinary job. So I'm here with Ian Douglas, uh, company manager. For how long now have you been company manager? I've been company manager for about 25 years. 25 years? Wow. Yeah, but with the company, almost 45. That's unbelievable. I can't I wait to hear. I started the company here in Silver Jubilee weekend in 1977. And what was, your, what was your first role? I was a casual stagehand. I came to work for two weeks on the stage crew. Two weeks and 45 years old, later, you're still here. Astor Theatre, which is now a block of flats. Yeah, so lots have changed, and uh, yeah, my life has my life changed that that fortnight. I fell in love with theatre. So before that, did you have did you have any ambition to work in theatre before that? None whatsoever. I'd been to plays, but I'd never been to an opera, and it was just transformed my life. And I thought this is where I want to be for the rest of my life, really. What was it in that in in your first two weeks as stagehand? What was it that you fell in love with? I think it was just the noise, the noise of the, the cast, noise of the chorus, noise of the orchestra. We call it music in this business, but it was just a wonderful experience, the whole theatrical ex- experience, and that stayed with me ever since. So you fell in love with kind of just the bustle, the hubbub of it all, the drama, I suppose, like backstage as well as on stage. Well, yeah, you know, when, when we toured, there are over 200 people touring with us, musicians, actors, dancers occasionally, wardrobe staff, wigs, staff. 200? 200 plus. We've got potentially 250 people here this week, over the week. Not all on the same day, but 250 different people. And, and so give us an overview of what you do. What's your role as company manager? Like, it must be so varied. It is varied, but at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to get a show on every day. So I've got to make sure we have a cast here, a cast, here, cast who are here who are able to sing and sing well. But then there's, on top of that, there's just the general day-to-day making sure everything works. A little bit of coordinating between all the technical departments and the music departments. So I'll be organising, helping to run um, music rehearsals in outside venues. In Clandidno here, we use St David's Church and Church Hall. So I'll be making sure that everything there is, is OK for the rehearsals, that the pianos are tuned, that the hall's clean and heated. And then I'll be going backwards and forwards between that venue and, and the theatre here, uh, sorting out oh, programmes, making sure there are programmes available and on sale all the time, checking all the front of house, marketing material, um, not checking up on the theatres, but just keeping looking at everything with a Welsh National Opera eye so that our performances are, are given in the best possible light and, and our audiences are served because that's what we're here to do, serve our audiences. Gosh, that's such a wide-ranging job. You know, and I've, and I've obviously bumped into you. I've been here coming to opera for years, and, and you always seem so calm, you know, giving out tickets and welcoming the press and welcoming people. But you, you must feel a bit like a duck, you know, sort of, like all calm. Complete. on the. I was you? just about to say that. Really? That's exactly what it is. Occasionally, that mask slips, <laughs> the water disappears, and you're left. You know, running along at the speed of light. Because a lot of my job is dealing with emergencies. You know, last minute things that go wrong, a singer will come off stage and says, I'm losing my voice, I'm not going to be able to finish. 
and in those circumstances, you've got to have the experience to know how to how to deal with it. What, what do you do in that on that occasion? It, it, like every, that is such a great example. So what, every time. So give me an example of when that's happened and what you've done. When when a singer has come off stage during a performance and said, "I'm, I'm losing my voice." Well, well, we had a very famous example back in Cardiff of. of um, Brent Terrible had stood in for somebody else who was sick as a favour and I was listening from the back of the stalls and at the end of the Ford monologue in, in Act 1 I thought, he's losing his voice. And he, end, he completed the performance, but virtually speaking. Um, yeah. Well, she did a Rex but Harrison did, on, on the audience. He was a real oh, trooper. Others, you know, we've had choristers jump in at the last minute if they know the role and sing it from from a score um, sing from the pits perhaps while the original artist sings on stage really so someone would ha- would be dubbing wow for another singer occasionally it's not what wow. we want to do because all the roles are covered but it's not fair on the individual covers and it's also too expensive to have them all out on tour all the time so we, they're generally released about one o'clock by which time we should know whether we have a cast with any issues or not. Um, obviously, somewhere like Clandidno, we need to know a bit before that because some of these covers may be in East Sussex, or so it takes a long time to get to here. So there have been a lot of times when I've been driving out in a fast car to, to, to meet a train. You know. Oh, my God. We were in Plymouth. We had a big... Uh, our Floristan in Fidelio was cancelled. His cover lived in North Wales. Um, it was when the line at Dawlish was what was washed out, and so there's a bus replacement surface from Exeter, and he, he wasn't going to get there in time. So I had to you know, belt up to Exeter an hour and a half up the motorway, and drive him. So we got to the theatre within an hour. We've had lots of times where conductors have turned up five minutes before curtain because they got they got stuck in traffic, risked it a bit, and one came came through the stage door and he said I need half an hour I said you've got five minutes <laughs> <laughs> so I had no sympathy on that occasion because he was a local boy in Swansea oh, no, it's, it's often worse I think I used to live close to my high school and you're always late because you'd always yeah. t- leave it to, to last minute don't you my god so, last minute things. so do you yeah, so, so I, it sounds like you, and it must be such a difficult sort of diplomatic role as well because as you say you have to make really tough decisions and also I suppose you know talk the real talk to people well you've, you've I, I've learnt over the years that, that you have to be all things to all people, really, because I deal with with agents, I deal with intendants from foreign opera companies. Um, you know, we've got some from Scottish Opera here tonight, for instance, here, here in Flandino. But I've also got to deal with stage doorkeepers, with technical staff, sometimes with the police. You know, we, we often trail, tour along with 16, 17 trailers which in a place like Liverpool can cause a lot of problems. Here we're lucky because there's a big car park, but, you know, so I've had run, run-ins with local police forces and, you know, sort of begging them to just turn a blind eye. <laughs> oh, you know, my gosh. We've had policemen running passports for us, you know, as, as a favour from Swansea to Fishguard. One of our artists left it in the dressing room and she was catching the ferry. And they, they, there were three police cars relayed that passport and got her on the boat the that's boat. incredible I mean yeah. you, must, you must have to spend a fortune in chocolates at Christmas yeah. to keep everyone happy it used to be tickets <laughs> <laughs> just hope that they enjoyed opera I mean you must have seen the job I mean not just as company manager but before that you must have seen 
uh, touring change over the years? Like, what, how would you say? I mean, is it smaller now or is it bigger? Is it more expensive now? Is it less expensive? Just to give me an idea. We've always toured this country with a, around 40 chorus and around 60 orchestra and a technical team of about 35, plus guest artists, lorry drivers. Um, yeah, so it's a, well, approaching 200, just on, on just about every, every tour, 200 plus. Um, what has changed is, is the way we tour. Be, just before I started, we used to actually take all the sets around the country by rail. So they'd be loaded onto lorries in the venue, taken to the railway station, taken to the, the next venue, unloaded and taken to the third. That's that, wow, and, like on trains. And when I started, we actually used to do a show on a Saturday, travel on Sunday, do a get-in on a Sunday evening and perform Monday. And we were doing that for 22, 23 weeks a year. So it's pretty punishing. And our crew worked hard. You know, when I joined the company, our crew worked from 10 in the morning to about 3 the following morning. Every day. Every day that, that, you, that you were on yeah. tour? Yeah. With an eight-hour break overnight. So you could finish at 3, go back to your digs, grab some sleep when you had to be back by 11. Was everyone just gaunt and white, I suppose, from just yeah. being indoors? And, oh my gosh. So things have changed. So, yeah, so there have been some working, work and time directives since then and some, some legislation. And we took, we took the decision after our first London season. I bizarrely was shop steward at the time. What's, what's that role? The shop steward is the union representative. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we did a, a huge tour, six or seven week tour, with five different shows, culminating in the, the, the Dominion Theatre in London. We got into the theatre on the Sunday and none of the crew left the theatre all week. We slept on the fly floor, which is above the stage, in dressing rooms. And after that, I said to our management, yeah, we've got to change this. And to be fair, our management just took it on board and we doubled the size of our crew the next month. Uh, so things are a lot easier now. It's still hard work and there's still long hours, but nothing like these. I just can't even imagine that. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, yeah, because I, cause I've, I've been on tour with you this season, you know, in Bristol and Southampton and seen just how hard everyone works, particularly crew, I think, you know, like checking those hundreds of lights and everything, really. I know everyone works hard in different ways, but um, what, what would you say is the most rewarding thing about being on tour? What do you like about it still? You know, what, what do you love about it? Seeing old friends all around the, all around the country. Yeah, I've got Keith here, I've known for 25 years, the stage manager. You know, people in Oxford, one of the box office, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. I worked with her for 40 years. Dear old Peggy, she worked in the box office there for 56 years by the time she retired. Learned eight computer systems. <laughs> yeah. that you find like sort of most challenging like what is it about being on tour you know living this life I think it's missing friends and family at home although we've got a network of friends 
both within the company and without, as I've just said, it's missing family and friends. It's working long hours, evenings, weekends. Uh, but there are upsides to it. You know, there's the bonhomie of going to the pub after after a show if we're not finishing too late. Um, what has changed a lot actually over the years though is that lots of and lots of more people commute because more people have cars, more people. Um, well, there's better road communications as well. Uh, everybody used to stay in Swansea. All the Cardiff-based people used to stay in Swansea because they just couldn't get back. Whereas everybody commutes Swansea and Bristol now. Some people even commute Oxford, Southampton. So there's a that sort of cohesion of the company has has been lost a little bit. There was a time when we used to come to Clandidno for two week seasons when we were performing at the old Astra Theatre on Glodaith Avenue. And, uh, you know, there were t tennis tournaments, beach parties, barbecues, you know, over that middle weekend where we'd finish on a Saturday and not, so we'd have the Sunday and Monday off. So, yeah, the, 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 the downside of touring, the long distances, many hours driving, often late at night. And, and missing people really, and it's it's time wearing. It's to any time, time heavy and energy depleting. What's something that really stays with you is like this was, it you know almost traumatic. It was so stressful what you had to deal with. Like what kind of situation? Well, there was a, perform a concert performance of of Tristan in um, in Edinburgh at the festival, and our soprano wasn't a hundred percent. So. We flew somebody in on the day from Germany just in case. Soprano went out, did the first act, was fine. In the second act, she then said, I'm just not going to be able to get my voice back up to sing the Liebestort. So I had to somehow phrase an announcement during the second interval to say to the audience, the soprano you saw in the first act isn't going to be, do the, going to be able to do, to do the last act. So that was a bit stressful. Did I, did I read somewhere about um, somebody breaking their arm and then you had to call out for a doctor and six came forward or something. Indeed, it was a performance, was of, Car a performance of Carmen in Birmingham. Oh, I'm glad you didn't say Tristan because I, I would have thought that was definitely <laughs> cursed. Now, Geoffrey Lawton was singing Carmen, uh, singing Don Jose and just before the flower song, he, he fell over and broke his elbow. And I said to one of the doctors, can you give him a shot to get him through? <laughs> and they said, if we give him a shot to kill that pain, he'd be out for a week. So we had to cancel. That's one of only about four performances we've ever cancelled in my time. We had to, to cancel a performance of Hansel and Gretel halfway through in Milton Keynes because of an accident on stage. One of our crew ended up with a broken hip. A piece of scenery fell over, essentially. And uh, we... I, I was lucky enough because I had a very good relationship with all of the cast and crew and singers. Uh, to persuade them to carry on and do a concert performance for the last act, so at least we, you know, we sort of finished that show in it. But it's times like that when the stress levels do go through the roof. So, what was it like for you when it all shut down? You know, I've asked obviously, you know, for other series, other episodes, but for you in particular, this life that you've lived for so long, what was it like when everything closed? You know, March Southampton, 2020, and you were all sent home. I, I missed the company, I missed working, and missed touring. But I didn't miss the stress and the pressure. That's interesting, because I wondered whether you'd really miss that, the adrenaline rush of having to deal with emergencies and stress. You know, that must have been so... It's, you know, for a lot of performance, that's really weird, isn't it, mm. to suddenly not have that yeah. hit that you're used to four or five times a week. Yeah. Well, that's true. But uh, 
for me, it didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> Do you think you were probably like, you didn't realise it, but maybe you were a little bit burned out, you know, from years of doing I, the job? I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, my, even on a foreign holiday, my phone is rarely off. And that's just because I've, as a method of work, a methodology of working, I think if you can sort something out straight away, just do it. How, how does your wife feel about that? Oh, she's all right. She's fine. She used, to work, she used to be in the business. So, in oh, fact, she used to work for us. What was her role when she... She worked she... in our press office. So she worked in the yeah, public relations. So I guess she understands like this life better than anyone, really. Most of the time. <laughs> what happens when you're back at home? Well, often during um, our rehearsal period, I sometimes put singers up, particularly old friends. You know, people come back to stay time after time, so we'll have dinner regularly with other, other members of the cast. After dress rehearsals, I'll usually invite the cast and all the creative team back for a big veggie chilli or a curry, big veggie pasta dish, something like that. Nice. Uh, yeah, I purposely got a very big kitchen, and it backs onto the garden there, so we can just get out there and sing to our heart's content we've had some amazing sing songs in the garden <laughs> what do the neighbours think of that they suddenly hear Bryn Terrafell sort of serenading well that did happen once really My, he, we had all the Der, Der Meister singer eight, eight or ten of them because of them and the rest of the cast for dinner one night and they were singing in the garden and uh, my neighbour the next day she said I always came down but it was so good I said, who were they? I told her. She said, I wish I had come down now. Oh, that's amazing. I almost came down to complain, but it was so good. Wow. So, will you, so I guess you'll, you'll, you'll continue to sort of enjoy your operatic life and everything. Sort of. Yeah, I hope I'll be able to go and watch a bit more opera, even WNO, and watch it a little less critically than I do now. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, it must be so hard. I'm mistakes. Oh, you know, the yes. bits of the set that don't quite join together yeah I'm not saying that's a common thing but you're always looking for them even if they're not there and what would, what would you say are some of your favorites like what do you feel glad to see back in the repertoire time and again virtually anything by Benjamin Britten Billy Budd Peter Grimes my two favorite offers and we rarely do them sadly because they're well for many reasons but they're expensive to do Billy Budd has got an extra 20 chorus in it 20 extra men, plus uh, on stage with eight musicians, I think, children, which are expensive to tour with, um, and it doesn't really sell. So like, it's a perfect storm of why not to ever do Billy Bird, but we've got to, and I certainly look forward to that coming back into the repertoire. And what would, you know, if you had to choose, what would be your favourite aria of all time? Probably a Lucian de la Stella, la, la Stella from Tosca. So does it make you cry every time? I'll say that again. Elucio and Stella. Let's not get it wrong. <laughs> uh, it, it, it brings a lump to my throat. Yeah. And, and how about what would be your favourite chorus piece? I suppose I've got to say Vapentiero from Nabucco. You don't have to say. You can say something else. <laughs> it is a beautiful piece. It's an absolute beautiful piece. Um, and it's become a signature tune for our chorus. It's what we stormed London with in the 1950s. It's what really put our chorus on the, on the map. Performances at Sadler's Wells. Other chorus, other choruses. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, I can't quite think of it. 
No, it's fine. Gosh, no, no, it's fine. Putting you on That's the spot. Nice. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to think. I wondered, like, how do you feel about... Um... Actually, it's the prison's chorus from Fidelio. Oh, I've never seen Fidelio. It's absolutely wonderful. The chorus in the last act of, of Fidelio. When the prisoners are all released from the, from the dungeons, seeing the light for the first time. It's wonderful. So moving. And, and what about in, uh, outside of opera? What other kind of music do you like? Uh, I'd love lots of classical music. Jazz. Modern jazz. 60s, 70s jazz. 50s jazz. Miles Davis. I love folk music. Folk music. Um, outside of music, I love dance. Modern dance. So I'll probably travel further to see contemporary dance than I will do to see opera. Also, on a crazy trip to Edinburgh to see one performance of Pina Bausch, great German choreographer and dancer. Yeah, long journey for hour and a half dance, but it was well worth it. I, I suppose you'll have more time to go to festivals and things. You know, the stuff that used to clash like every year. Like, is, is there anything? Is there anything in your like it's sort of every, calendar every year that someone's birthday or something that you wish you could do and you never have been able to do? You're looking forward to being able to. Well, the Wexford Festival in Ireland. I've never been able to get to that, and I'd love to because I've got and you know, uh, I've got um, family from that part of the world, and I'd love, love to go there because I've never been. And to actually combine that with seeing some opera would be fantastic. Now, there are several festivals in Italy that I'd love to go to. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll have time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you're going to start a Twitter, you, you know, you with your bow ties, going to, going to Wexford, going to Italy. That isn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter and Facebook on there. I think you'll be convinced. I'm going to ask everyone to try and convince you. So, no. you know, from next year onwards, we can follow your adventures. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time, Ian. Really appreciate it. That was Ian Douglas, WNO's company manager who is retiring this spring after 45 years. What an amazing man. I can't wait to see what he does next. And that's it for this short series. Be sure to subscribe so you get the next episodes of The O Word as soon as they're released. And feel free to leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. I've been Lorna Pritchard. Bye for now. <laughs>